I loved this movie. I think it has like really similar vibes to The Notebook. Okay. In that like it's just like a period piece or or part of it is a period piece, right? And it kind of is a throwback to a bit of a bit of historical aspects um it has some historical features, the fashion. Um, Sorry, one of your favorite things about this romantic comedy yes. is the history lessons that you get. Yes, oh, because wow. I love history. The I Golden am. The Gate Bridge I, Yes, okay, <laughs> I loved that. I am. I Shut am a. Up. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm a big history fan and a history buff. Welcome to the Rom Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're joining us here, you're listening. You probably enjoy romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? This week we have The, the Age, Age of, of Adeline. Adeline. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe. Um, write a little review about us if you like. Um, Spotify, you can follow us, hit the bell icon to be notified, and as well if you want to reach out and chat about stuff. At Romcom Rewind on Instagram and TikTok. Claire reached out and said, Happy New Year's, guys. I just watched 500 Days of Summer because Devin talks a lot about it on the pod. Love and I've it never so much, seen Claire. It. Yes. Gotta say, I have no idea how he likes this movie. The what? <laughs> the entire ending was a weep warning. Yes. I went into I went to, into it so positive and left kind of shell shocked. Yeah, but then there's the hope at the end of the tunnel. No, there's literally no hope at this movie. No, because then he meets. I'm not even going to get no, into it. No, we haven't gone into the movie. But I completely agree with you, Claire. For the life of me, I don't know why he loves it so I lo- much. Listen, hey, weep warnings are good, ladies and gentlemen. That can be very cathartic. It not be- when it's at the end of the movie. Aren't most weep warnings at the end of the movie? No. For, for this movie, my weep warning is right at the end of the movie. No, okay, my weep warning is not at the end of the movie. My weep warning is like smack dab, kind of in the middle. When the dog dies. Oh, I bawled. <laughs> I would say spoiler alert, but the dog is really just a... Most adorable thing ever. Placeholder for... Yeah. We're talking about The Age of Adeline. We are. It's a 2015 romantic comedy directed by Lee Tolan Krieger. He was also involved in uh, Celeste and Jesse Forever. I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's Andy Samberg. Oh, yeah. No, I never watched that one. Don't I you do like it, though, because it's Andy Samberg? Well, I love anything that Andy Samberg right. does, but I haven't seen it. So, well, we should put it on the list. We the should. Age of Adeline is the story of Adeline Bowman, played by Blake Lively. Now, when we first meet Adeline, it is the present day. She's going by the name of Jenny, and she's purchasing fake ID documents. Why on the earth would she need a fake ID? Well, Adeline's birthday is New Year's Day 1908. Somehow, and we'll get into it, Adeline has been alive for over a century and yet still looks exactly like she did on her 29th birthday, 1937. That's a key piece of the plot. So how is it possible that this is happening to Adeline? What does that mean for her love life over the years and decades? And what does that mean for her love life right now, this second? Especially when a guy named Ellis, played by Michelle Huseman, he shows up, that's maybe our love interest. Just want to hint on that. But first, what, what are your thoughts on the age of that? Ma'am, it says here you were born in 1908. That makes you 45 years old. That's right. Adeline Marie Bowman. 
was born on January 1st, 1908. Many years later, she would begin a family of her own. On a cold winter night in 1935, Adeline's life would change forever. In that moment, something incredible happened. Its effect was almost magical. Adeline Bowman will henceforth be immune to the ravages of time. She will never age another day. I'd like to ask you a few questions, Miss Bowman. The next time we see each other, we'll have a new identity. I love this oh, movie. I think it has like really similar vibes to The Notebook. Okay. In that like it's just like a period piece or or part of it is a period piece, right? And it kind of is a throwback to a bit of a bit of historical aspects um and has some historical features, the fashion. Um Sorry, one of your favorite things about this romantic comedy yes. is the history lessons that you get from it. Yes, oh, because wow. I love history. The I Golden am Golden Gate Bridge being built. Yes, okay. <laughs> I loved that. I am I Shut am a, up. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm a big history fan and a history buff. And I loved that this was like she was born in 1908. How cool. She's still 29. Her life, you got to see flashbacks of her life, you know, like in the in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 60s. And like, it's just so cool. I loved it. God, I loved so the lame. story. I know. And I don't care. <laughs> we learned about ships underneath San Francisco. Like, how cool is that? Oh, the boats was the my favorite part of this romantic comedy. <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, in the love story, like how, right, how treasured. It, it's such a treasure. It's adorable. Um, Blake Lively's awesome in it. Yeah. She's yeah, great. She, she's pretty good. Oh, I really liked her in this. I uh, thought I actually was going to ask you, do you think this is Blake Lively's best movie? I think I, th- I, don't, I think it is. I don't love her character all the time. She's kind of bland at times. Well, she's boring. Yeah. She's very boring. But at the same time, she's, spoiler alert, playing a woman who's like over 100. Run. And on the run. Yeah. On the run, but like a very old soul, right? I think Blake Lively is one of the few actresses I would pick to play that role. Yes. I don't think the character's amazing, but I think she is one of the few people who could do it pretty well. Oh, yeah. Like, she's got a very classic look. You need somebody... Timeless, timeless. You need somebody timeless, like at... I'm going to throw out a name there. Emma Stone. No, no. I couldn't see Emma Stone playing this. Yeah. I could see Rachel McAdams playing this, though. I could see Emma Watson playing it, actually. Oh, yes. I like that. So, I like, similar to you, I appreciate the attempt of this movie. It's kind of like, the I see attempt. where you're going with the notebook. I was looking more like the curious case of Benjamin Button a little bit. Oh, yeah. It you... falls into um, that whole weird scientific concept. Yeah. Yeah. Of... The explanation to this is kind of stupid, but basically we've got a person who's living backwards in the curious case of Benjamin Button, or in this one she just is immortal. Uh, It's also kind of like, it's curious case Benjamin Button meets about time, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Because there is something kind of like fatalistic to it, I guess. I haven't seen about time. Oh! So, and actually... We were going to do About Time. Because we've gotten like a hundred messages. Totally. <laughs> but it's time. not on any streaming service right now in Canada. So we are patiently waiting. And as soon as it goes up, if any of you know, please let us know ASAP. <laughs> yeah, because we, we want to pick things that are fairly easily accessible to people. We don't want to be like, yeah. hey, like you can get it for 11 bucks on Paramount+. Plus. So you no can watch it with Plus, us. But like, that's kind of stupid. Netflix... 
HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime, Crave. Like, yeah, that's in Canada. Yeah, yeah, like the the big ones. We assume it's very easy for you to to watch with us. So we try to pick that. This yeah. movie, I think, did a remarkable job of just being interesting enough mm-hmm. to keep me hooked. And just when I'm like, oh man, this movie's so lame. That's when it hits its stride. Okay, because I was gonna say I was hooked the entire time. Like were- I enjoyed. Watching this movie from start to finish. That's because we're like doing I, flashbacks to the 50s. Kay. And you're like, wow, what a boat. The actually, historical significance of it. I actually don't even want to tell you what my best scene is now. Because like you're just going to be like, I can't even handle you. So for me, not to spoil anything, but the tee up to the story was very interesting. The meat cute. Loved it. And then for the next yeah. 40 minutes, I, I was like, oh, so, so this is what the movie is. And then, and then I will admit, there's a big reveal that we'll get to. And I'm like, oh, baby. Let's do this. How do we wrap this up in the last 40 minutes? Fantastic, I think. And I I don't even think it's a pacing problem. I think they did it by design. Like, this movie's a slow burn. It is a slow burn. I would agree. It's more similar to like a suspense mystery with rom-com elements. So it's actually deemed a romance fantasy. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it throws in that fantasy aspect of it um, because she's immortal. Because she, because she's immortal. Well, cool. let's get into <laughs> in it. a very scientific way. <laughs> T- tell us how she becomes immortal, Sarah. Let's yeah. kick this off. Okay, so like you said, it opens up her uh, with her getting a new ID card, um, and she works at the city's archives. And on New Year's Eve, um, sh- which is her birthday, she's asked to digitalize some of the old reels. From the archives, and one of them is 1906 to 1908, which is the year she's born, and it seems to be how they they start to tell her story, how they tell how she's become immortal. I don't know, like, is she immortal? She just doesn't age; she's ageless. Yeah. Um, and because she becomes ageless because she is in a car accident because it snows in um an area where she's driving, and she gets struck by lightning. And there's a really, really intense scientific explanation that I kind of, I will be honest, I glazed over this because it's not history related, it's scientifically related. related. And now she can't age. So, and, and can't age is appropriate because I was saying immortal, that's not yeah. wrong because she can die. She can die. She just doesn't age. So theoretically, if nothing happens to her, she'll never die. And there's this significance to the fact that it's snowing in San Francisco the yes. night this car accident happens in Sedona, 19, Sedona. 1937. And yeah, so she she falls into this lake. She's stuck in her vehicle. The lake gets struck by lightning, and boom, she now doesn't age. Her cells have transformed into ageless cells. So you're listening to this, and you're thinking, "This like <laughs> I've heard dumber plot points in movies, but honestly, not many." You know what it reminds me of? It feels like a superhero, like a Marvel character's backstory. It does actually. She could play. Oh my god! Kind of like a superhero. They should make. They could have made her into a Marvel character. Although, what's your superpower? I just don't get old. Okay, is it kind of like what happened to Captain America? Whoa! Fairly similar. Yes. Fairly similar. So here's here's a game. Okay. The game is: Does this give me superpowers, or am I making it up? Okay. So what you're about to hear is real backstories. From comic book characters, and they're either going to be real or I just made them up. Okay. All right, so here's the story. Uh, this person's abandoned by a child, raised by a condor, like the bird. So, sorry, hold on. The child is abandoned by a child? The child's abandoned. Okay. Raised by a condor. What's a condor? It's a bird. It's like oh. a big, huge bird. Cool. Okay. okay. The bird taught him how to fly. 
Oh, okay. That's real. That that is real. Yeah. That is the story of Black Condor. He is a superhero who can flap his arms, his human arms, and fly like a bird. Stop it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is it a comic or are they gonna make that into some type of movie? I'm sure they they wrote that and maybe ten years later they're like this. So why does this exist? I would ag- I would agree. <laughs> Honestly, I took a stab in the dark there, but oh, yeah. um okay, okay, next. Okay. This person so he's flying uh like a prop airplane. The airplane crashes into the ocean and he gets electrocuted by eels in the ocean. That's real. No, I made that up. Oh, that was a good one. That one's actually better than the first one. Than the first right? <laughs> I could make better Marvel comics. <laughs> you could. Okay. Sorry, um, Stanley. So uh this person gets bit by a cobra as a child. And the father decides he could cure the child using mongoose blood as like an anti-venom. Like, I want to say it's real because I don't think you'd come up with mongoose, but I'm going to say it's fake. No, it's it's real. Oh, That's dang. the story of the wizard. I, hold on. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> let, I know. Me, let me back up here. The Marvel character's name is the wizard. Not wizard. No. Wizard. Wizard. Yeah, he's got superhuman speed, so I, I thought they he were does. like, hey, he's a whiz. And oh, then, no. Yeah, because it was probably back in like the 50s or something that they came up with the wizard, right? <laughs> and it's even like, it's not just whiz. Like, that would have been no. even slightly better, no, but it's the, the wizard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let him near your white snow. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so. That was such a bad joke, <laughs> Devin. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Okay. I was going to gloss over it, but you really, you put your stamp in that joke. I did. It was really bad. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Like, you've got dad jokes. I hope you I know. I know, I know, I do. Okay. So this person found a costume in some catacombs, and he put the costume on, and it turned him into a superhero. Just like that. Just superhero. What, what kind of superhero? Um, He has a shield. Okay, no, that's fake. You had to come up with that on the fly. No, he's called the S- Defensor. Duh. And he's from Argentina. Uh, he's is this ar- a car- comic book? Yeah, he's an Argentinian like construction worker, and he goes down into. Like, it's catacombs. cool that like, it's oh, a terrible. That's a terrible plot. Okay, so now last one: car crashes into a lake, and the lake gets struck by lightning. Oh my god! Is that real or is it? <laughs> it's fake. It's the it's story Adeline. of Adeline. But I have to say, like that is better than some of these. Does it not fit with the ones? ridiculousness of a lot of these? I think she'd be a better superhero than <laughs> half of them. Just I don't give know. her some lightning powers and you're good to go. Listen, the wizard, like, let's be real. Oh, Do you want to uh, see what he... No, well... <laughs> the wizard, that's a really Feel bad one. Feel free to one. Google the wizard. I'm not making that up. He is real. W-H-I-Z-Z-E-R. Also, you can take a drink every time we say wizard. Wizard! In this podcast. <laughs> so, it kind of goes through the decades a little bit. Um, we tell Adeline's backstory, right? Yes, we tell Adeline's backstory through this, like, reel. And obviously, you can tell, like, the reel doesn't show this, and it's more of just, like, the narrator telling the st- her story. So she gets pulled over, and um, she would normally be 45 years old, but because she's ageless, she looks and is 29. And so she decides, um, the, the cop says, like, oh, like... Ma'am, it says here you were born January 1st, 1908. That's right. That would make you 45 years old? Yes. Ma'am, I'm going to hold on to this. When you come by the station house to pick it up, please bring your birth certificate. She realizes that she needs to GTFO. 
Well, and then the FBI get on her tail. Yeah, so she decides to move back to San Francisco and um, works at the school so that she can figure out her condition. She works at the university in San Francisco at a medical school, and she tries to figure out her condition and what it is. And After a year of intense study, Adeline Bowman was forced to confront the fact that there was absolutely no scientific explanation for her condition. But where it starts to kind of build is the FBI's kind of is stalking her and says they want to run some tests on her. And so she realizes that they know, which like how? I don't know how the FBI would have ever figured it out from like a routine stop that she was supposed to look 45. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Um, But anyway, she by this time has a uh, a young adult daughter and her name is Fleming. And um, she tells her daughter that she's leaving. And the next time that they see each other, Fleming will have to introduce her as her friend and, um, then from that point on, she changed her her look and moved every decade. Yeah, so every 10 years, Adeline gets new fake IDs and documents. She changes her job. She changes her name. She changes her location. And she's been essentially just like hopping from place to place every 10 years so that people don't catch on that she's not aging. Which like, I think it's actually a really good laid out plan, but you don't have a life. No. You don't end up. You've got a life for 10 years at a time. Yeah. And and previous context, she does have um, her daughter Fleming with, she she does marry um, her husband and he ends up uh, dying in the building of the San Francisco Bridge. Yeah. He he passes away. Yeah. She only has Fleming. Back to modern day. Like I said, it's New Year's Eve and she goes to a New Year's Eve party with her friend Amanda and clearly a friend that she's had for a really long time because she is older than than Adeline. Yeah. And I don't mean to be controversial here, but um, Amanda is blind, which is kind of the perfect friend to have if you're Adeline because she's never going to know that you're not aging. No, and and Amanda... Is that rude or is that just a fact? Like, it kind of works out. I think Amanda, you know... um, she points out, which I chuckled at because it is very true, right? Adeline probably gets hit on constantly. Hmm. She's 29. She's beautiful. And Amanda can never understand why, you know, at let's say they're 45 or 50 and she can never understand, oh, all these young men always want to like chat, chat you up and chat us up. And I don't know why, because we're older than them. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, yeah, if you only you knew. Yeah, right. It's Blake <laughs> Lively beside you. Like yeah, stunning. Yeah. Um, so she steps out right before midnight and, um, her daughter calls to wish her a happy birthday. And I just thought that was really sweet. That was, I just thought that was really cute. While at this New Year's Eve party, she kind of catches the eye of this guy who turns out to be Ellis and he's really good looking. Um, okay. Are you just, that's our meat cute. Yes. And okay. We'll dive into the meat cute then, Dev. Ellis, that was like a Leo DiCaprio, was, Great Gatsby vibe kind of moment. <gasps> totally. Oh my God. It was. I like it's it. New Year's Eve. He's looking like a million bucks. He is so she. Beard perfectly. What do you do to a beard? Quaffed. I was yeah. going to say quaffed. Quaffed. Hair looks perfect. And he just stares at her. Yeah. And she looks back at him. Stares at him. And then some girl comes up and kisses his cheek. And Adeline, I think, is kind of like, oh, God. Another one. He's with somebody. She decides to dip out. And then he ends up following her to the elevator. And he takes the elevator down with her. Which is like... It is the ultimate meet cute because that was that took some balls. Took some balls. Is that like a is that a little bit of a power move? Like, hey, I I'm think just gonna so. get in the elevator just to have a conversation with you. Well, yeah, he's clearly making the effort to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Um, 
okay, so if it was in a different setting though, would it be as romantic? Like if it was in the it was if it was in a club, and I'm gonna follow you outside. Yeah, then right, then it's weird, right? Like so, I think it was environment, circumstance, like everything that made it romantic. I also think he's a very um, like disarming guy. Like he's just like he's a little bit quirky. He's like. A beautiful man, but he's a little bit nerdy, right? Like <laughs> he he's, is. He's not awkward, but yeah. So I think because it's him, it's like, oh, that's that's cute and adorable and a little bit of a power move. Good for you, Ellis. You know? Yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was really, really cute, meet cute. So uh, where are you off to? Uh, Some place with better food, my apartment. Yourself? Back to the party. Just wanted to spend 27 floors with you. So she more or less blows him off. She's like, I'm going home. And he's like, can I have your number? She's like, nope, goodbye. Literally, like, the next day. Oh, my gosh, yeah. She's working at the office. And this somebody comes in and makes a massive donation of books. Old books. To their collection. Mm-hmm. And he wants to make that donation in person. That, that guy is the same dude. That's Ellis. Yes, and he actually saw her previously because he's on the board of directors for the city archives and saw her before. And while they were in the elevator the night before, he said he wanted to give her flowers or something like that. He gives her flowers in the form of books, which I think is such a romantic gesture. Yeah, it was like White Oleander and there was a few other books. Daisy something and yeah. There were three books, and I was just like, swoon. Like, that, that's a clever move. That is, honestly. that right there is intelligent. It, it shows that you're not just like, you're not just like trying to get some, you know? Like, you really put thought into how you were going to. You're making me swoon over your mind. Yes. Like your brain, wow. Yeah, and he's good looking. Come <laughs> and on. He is the whole package. Oh my God. Adeline goes to meet her daughter Fleming the next day um, for lunch. And like you said, she is, yeah, in her 70s or 80s. She's an old woman. How hard do you think that would be? Like her now being so old and her staying so young. Like how would you feel about that? I mean, it's so tough. I wonder how much time they actually get to spend together. Because every, like this happens to be a moment in time when uh, Adeline has moved back to San Francisco. Yeah. Which is where she grew up. So presumably, you know, she's going to, where's she going? Like Seattle next? Oregon? You know, over the years, I don't know how much time they've actually spent together. I think Fleming yeah. actually makes a comment. She does. Yeah, the last photo that they have together is from 1954. Yeah. Yeah, which like, in I was like, oh man. like, And, and Adeline doesn't like to get her picture taken, and rightly so, because even that night at, at the New Year's Eve party, she's walking in, and she is, she is this is a quick fact, but um, she's wearing the exact same dress that she wore in the photo that she sees of herself Whoa. from like the... 40s, 50s? I didn't even notice that. Mm-hmm, yep. Well, and as well, Ellis is coming to make that donation of books. Yes. And he wants to take a photo op, and he yeah. wants her to be in it, and she she's pushes like, back. absolutely not. Like, she was she was actually very firm with him of, like, I'm just not getting my picture taken. He does eventually ask her out for dinner, and they do go. Um, it's a pretty cute date night, and she stays the night. Dun, dun, dun. They do it. <laughs> You can tell me anything you want, and I'll believe it. I know almost nothing about you. I did want to ask you a question. So she's 29, basically forever. She she is fit, beautiful. Like, she is someone who could do anything. If you had forever, 
what would you learn? Like if you could learn something or, or do something, what would it be if you had forever? Such a tough question. I know. Because you know what I'm realizing right now is that you know, I, my first answer would be like, I, I just have all these years at peak athletic performance. Exactly, yeah. I'm going to pick something that I think I could be an Olympic mm, something in. Cool. But, but hold on. Then all the attention's drawn to you. Ah, uh, yes. You're on you the couldn't. world stage. You can't do it. No, you couldn't. You can't be good enough at one thing that it draws too much attention to yourself. Like, right. If I had all the time in the world, I would like get extremely good at piano. You know, I would. Mm. I would do some stuff like that. And I mean, for her, she learns Braille for her friend. She can That's speak right. a few languages. I mean, she she's been... a lot yeah. of um, And so, okay, this is funny because they don't really go into like her having learned all these things over the course. You just kind of pick it up throughout the movie. Um, but when I saw this, I was like, oh, it's like Twilight when Edward Cullen... Um, talks about how like he's had forever to live and he's like done all these things because they don't sleep oh either. Oh my god, are you equating this movie to <laughs> no, Twilight? No, I'm right not now? equating it to, Jesus. <laughs> to Twilight. But the historical facts are amazing, and also the vampire part of it is very. Oh my god, there's a vampire no connection here, guys. No, there's not. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, but like they talk about how like he doesn't sleep, so he like basically has been like school a billion times and like graduated from whatever. So. I mean, her being, I guess she has to be a lot more careful, though, because she doesn't want to be poked and prodded by, like, with tests through the yeah, FBI and government. She can't be so obvious about things. But, um, but yeah, I, that's kind of what made me think of it, was that she was learning Braille for Amanda. What would you do? Um, I would probably learn languages, um, and I would probably travel. If yeah. I couldn't learn, learn everyone, like, different cultures and stuff, and, like, live in different countries to kind of immerse myself in, in the cultures. So one day while she's driving, she drives by a bench, and there's a flashback to probably around the 60s. I can just tell by the bangs. Um, to a man sitting on a bench waiting with a, uh, for a proposal, and she keeps driving. She tells the cab to keep driving. So I think, obviously, it's foreshadowing for, for what's to come. Did you think it was foreshadowing? I did. No. I, did. I was like, I did uh, not think that. No. Oh my god! I was like that. That was for her. Which is why the hook. Well, no, I I knew it was for her, but I'm not like, I didn't think that character was gonna show up again. Oh, I didn't know if the character would show up again, but oh. I figured. I figured it was foreshadowing for something. <laughs> like I didn't know the storyline, but I was like, this is something in the future. Like this, this is going to be brought up again. Yeah, because we we see her her backstory just in kind of like pieces like silos of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then she comes home to find her dog sick i like i said bald is this the weep warning for you this is the weep warning for me i i literally like was crying like i had to get a tissue because like i couldn't i i and then of course like we have a dog and so <laughs> i like do, yeah. i went and hugged her like our dog because i was like oh my god i just like i can't i thought this part was so irrelevant to the movie i'm like oh okay there's a dog and then the dog passes away i'm like okay like why is this important so i think it's important because if so she pulls out some photo albums throughout the movie and one of them is a photo album of all the dogs that she's had since she was a little girl when she actually could age and i think it's it's a time a time stamp for her every time a dog passes away it's just another um, another piece where everyone else can age and pass on, but she can't. She's stuck in this ageless body of 29. And um, that's what I think it represents because she has she gets the same kind of dog every single time. 
It's very profound, Sarah. I like that. Because I think that's an important thing to, like, if you are ageless, what happens when the people around you start passing away? Yeah. And we see her not quite be able to come to grips with that, mm-hmm. with her daughter, Fleming. Oh, absolutely. Because Fleming's like, yeah, I want to move to Arizona. I need... Yeah, she wants to live in a retirement home. Yeah. Adeline kind of challenges her on that. You can tell she's grappling with the whole, my daughter's going to pass away before me. Yeah. Not through any, you know, horrible circumstance, just because she is Life. aging. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think for Fleming a big piece of this movie and it's very subtle as well but she kind of pushes her mom to say like you need to find somebody you need to find someone to love you need to open yourself up you need to tell somebody that you are ageless and that this is you know this is your life because I think she also realizes that once I'm gone she has no one she has no one to talk to about this who's from the past and and Fleming actually makes the remark by saying you don't have to run anymore because everyone who knew is dead yeah and it's a really good point because um, it's true. She only has Fleming left if she doesn't open herself up to um, telling somebody and, and a life. So I, like, I'll be honest, like, the, at this point, probably the last 30 minutes, I'm like, nah, this dog died. Oh, that's sad, oh, that's I guess. so sad. Yeah. But now we're getting into the juicy stuff. So immediately, when we jumped to Ellis's parents' house, I, I gasped. I like made a noise. Did you? Because the dad, yeah. William, mm-hmm. Ellis's father, is Harrison Ford. I know. I love Harrison Ford. Me too. He's aged really well. And he, like, it, it's pretty clear that Ellis's family is very well off, and he's kind of like complaining about, oh, is this girl just after his money or whatever? And so here's the thing we have Ellis and Adeline driving to his parents' place for their 50th, the sisters there as well. Yep. Harrison Ford is, how old do you think? Like, 60s? Yeah. So, in walks Adeline and Alice. Everybody's doing the, the greeting at the door. Mm-hmm. And Harrison Ford, William, he recognizes her. Yeah, if he had a plate in his hand, it would have smashed on the ground. He, like, just is awestruck. He is. What a twist. I was totally not expecting it. And this this fully pulled the movie back in. Because at first I thought, wow, that's Harrison Ford. And then, not only that, he says her real name. He says Adeline. Adeline he doesn't Bowman. say That's right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say a fake name that she made up. But because like it's clear that he recognizes her. So, oh, maybe she just, maybe, you know, it was one of her other iterations and they worked together. No, no, no. He knew her real name. <sighs> oh, baby. And now I'm in. Like, what, what, what's going to happen next? Is he going to figure it out? Is he going to have a breakdown? Is she going to run off and leave? What, what are the things that are about to occur? Because, oh man, what a twist. I loved the next, like, the whole rest of the movie I was so in. Well, this was your best scene, eh? No. Oh, okay. My best scene is coming up, though. Oh, okay. This, this was my best scene. Oh, really? Yeah, like, just, it all put everything together for me. Because I was like, oh my gosh, that's the man on the bench. So did you know propose. right away that he was the man on the as bench? Soon as, as soon as he said Adeline Bowman, I was like, six from like they, they were together in the 60s. And I was like, oh, my God. And then when his wife asked, oh, who's Adeline? He said like just And an he old said, friend. oh, we're an old friend. We were very, very, very close. He kept repeating that. And Ellis is like, oh, like, how did you know her? And he's like, oh, I knew her when we lived in London in the 60s. And... um. 
of course, Adeline's like, oh, that was my mother. And she's like, he's like, oh, how was your mother doing? And he's, oh, she passed away six years ago. I, I put it all together. I was like, oh, my God, you were the man on the bench who was going to propose to her. And she drove off. So to be clear, just she is still going by the name Jenny. <laughs> so Correct. she walks in and Ellis is like, this is Jenny. Yeah. And William says, Adeline Bowman. <laughs> so she, like he said, it's like uncanny how much yeah. she looks like Adeline. So like. I mean, worked well on her it feet. Yeah, yeah, that was my definitely. mom, actually. So, like, she's, I, I mean, she is lying to him, but, like, it's... Oh, I think she was just as shocked to see him. Yeah. I'll be honest, it was a little heartbreaking. Because, like, you could tell that they were a great love. Yeah. You know? And and part of me was, like, would they have gotten married if if she was, t- if she, clearly she trusted him enough to say her full real name. There's so many questions that I went in that went through my mind, but they go through their romance in the 60s, meeting in London, um, and then they went back to the U.S. And like I said, she even told him his real name. Her her real name, yeah. Her real name, sorry. I think William added so much heart to this movie because I, I think this movie is very like glitzy and it's glamorous. You know, we see like the Roaring Twenties and we see the 60s, and it's all very nostalgic and fun. But it like a lot of it's very sp- surface i guess like we see her at a new year's eve party she's wearing this stunning dress and then we've got harrison ford who is just like he's got a family but like when he sees this person who he used to love exactly the same way as she was yeah he kind of like breaks a little bit oh my god that's what i mean it was almost heartbreaking to watch yeah but like he cared so much i don't oh harrison's performance in this was impeccable he was really really i mean he is fabulous um but his wife is a little jelly yeah would you because the next morning yeah breakfast you know he's talking about adeline and (laughs) and he's really like she was such a she was an amazing woman you know she knew all these languages and she was so intelligent and he, he was just like talking about this woman nonstop. And I don't think he realized that it was really bothering her, like his wife. Um, and, you know, I think I think it was a blast from the past that he had kind of forgotten about, right? And he had let go and it all came rushing back to him. But would you tell your significant other how involved you were with them? Like, if if they're that jealous at that point? Like, she asks, like, who was she to you? Kind yeah. of thing. And he just kind of says, oh, like, you know, we were just friends. We were really close. Like, would you Man. tell them? I was going to say, because like, it's hard, because clearly she can tell, I think her name's Kathy, Kathy can tell that it was a great love just without even him saying it. So would him actually coming out and say it add fuel to the fire? I mean, people have relationships before getting together with their significant other. So oh, I feel like this is a trip question. Right oh my God. Yeah, I, I agree. Like Everybody's had past relationships. That's not a big deal. The deal is, though, that Adeline is physically in there. I know, I know. That's true. Everybody thinks that it's just Adeline's daughter, but like for William, it's like, no, like that looks exactly like Adeline. That's crazy. Wow, she knows other languages too. This is wild. It's a little too real. It's a little too like right there. Too close, right? Yeah. So I'd probably, honestly, I'd probably just lie that away. No, we were just friends. Like it was. Interesting. No yeah. Mm. No no reason to So they play Trivial Pursuit. Um, she kills it, which I also thought was really fun because I was like, oh, she's either gonna like fake being really crappy at this or like she's gonna get everything. I'm really happy that they did it so that she'd get everything because I think that's awesome. Um, because she lived through it all. But this is where she gets the most shocked is 
um, William is an astronomer. His life's work is based on this comet. Della. Yeah, you remember the comet I told you about, the one that my dad discovered? He named it Della C. 1981. Which was her nickname. Which, it's an interesting thing, because that comes out around the whole family, the mom, Ellis, the sister. Obviously, William knows who it's about, and Adeline knows exactly who it's about. Yeah. So it's, like, very uncomfortable, (laughs) but, like, just for her? And a little bit for him, too. And then Ellis says, oh, yeah, that was my my great aunt or something. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. I mean, luckily, there was a great aunt that had a name similar to Adeline (laughs) that you could kind of play off of Della. Adeline takes a walk, and it just so happens that William's sitting outside as well. And they're in the garden, and he's stargazing. And he tells Adeline that that, um, Adeline was a near miss, just like the comet. Um, he was going to propose. The woman, Adeline, your mother, stood me up. And Adeline does tell William that my mother did love you too. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Well, she she gets right up front with him about it because she asks him, hey, why did you name it after my mom? Like, I know that that's what people called her. They called her Della. Like I said, this movie, Harrison Ford just brought so much more just layers to it. Layers, just something like an onion deep in my chest. You know, oh, it's oh, oh it moved yeah, you, it's eh? Like chicken noodle soup. It's just <laughs> for the soul. Oh man. my it's, god! Oh. Is that why they named those books that? Probably because it is good for the. That's what my mom always used to say: chicken noodle soup is good for the soul. She does make good chicken noodle soup. Um, Fantastic. Okay, how would you feel dating? The son of your past love. Oh, I had this too, actually. I was going to talk about it later, but we can do it right now. Okay, let's do it right now. So, yeah. Is it weird that Adeline had a relationship with William and she's now dating his son, Ellis? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It is 100% real weird. Like, it's not weird. It's real weird. (laughs) That's weird. It is. No, it is really weird. Oh, like like 40 years ago. I wonder wonder in her mind, is she like, like, oh, I see the similarities? Like when they're naked? (laughs) Ah! Oh my God. I'm See, just but, kidding. But no, no, you get those questions, right? Because like, <laughs> imagine, let's play this out right now. What if I say, hey, Sarah, mm-hmm. I'm ageless. I've been around this world for a hundred years. What do you say? I would be like, I would have so many questions. Like, what year were you born? How old are you sure. really? Not ageless wise, but how old would you be? Um, have you dated my mom? Yeah. And what if I said like, yeah, I banged your mom back in the 60s. Yeah, that would be weird. That's weird, right? Yeah, no, it would be really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I've never not said it was not weird. <laughs> okay, yeah, but but like we just need to play it out to, to confirm that's very strange. Super weird. Okay. Like, okay, think about it this way. So William, William does... You look like that meme of that person with the math equation behind them, <laughs> and they're trying to... <laughs> wait, but hold on. If, okay, if wait. William's the dad... No, 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 no. Okay, Alice, hold like, on. Be- you tra- before I lose it, before I <laughs> yeah, lose it. Yeah, okay. William does find out that it's Adeline. Yeah. And... Wouldn't in that moment, oh no, it's drifting, it's drifting away. Um, he realized that, you know, he asks her, do you love Ellis? And she said, yes. He will forever have her in his life. Yeah. If they get married. Well, they are. No, they keep I know. on dating No, this. I know. But like, how does that make him feel? He put that all behind him. He married Kathy, the love of his life. But is she the love of his life? No, she's the second choice Whoa. after Adeline. Well, yeah, now because he's dating and married to his, his son. Weird. Family reunion is going to be kind of strange. 
So um, let, let's jump into the the best scene. Your best scene. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's the William Harrison Ford reveal scene. Yes. Because the next day, Ellis goes shopping. He leaves. Kathy leaves. It's basically just William and Adeline at the house. And Adeline's like, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. And there's a moment. I can't remember why it happens. So there's a ladybug in her hair. Oh, yes. And he goes to grab the ladybug. And he catches her hand kind of thing. And he notices a scar on her inside palm. He kind of has this... Man, Harrison Ford's such a great actor because I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening right now, but he's just, he's freaking out, man. He's just <laughs> having a breakdown. Something's going on and he frantically goes into their greenhouse and he's shuffling through things. He's kind of like manic almost and he grabs this photo yeah, and it's a photo of him and Adeline from back in like the 60s. And then we get an actual flashback to them wandering through the woods and she cuts the inside of her palm on a branch and he back in the 60s stitches it up yes because he was in medical school at that point the scar is in the exact same spot so he's putting it all together like oh my god jenny is not adeline's daughter jenny is adeline they're the same human and it is absolutely heartbreaking for him to find that out like it just everything comes rushing back and watching it, like, it would be beyond heartbreaking to find that out. Like, it really would be. And then he ends up driving his vehicle down the down their, like, laneway until he gets to her and he confronts her. I like, though, that he's not pissed about it. Like, yes, I thought yes. they were going to play it into a thing where, like, yeah. he gets into a rage, like, angry. But he's he's kind of just, like, not comprehending what's happening. I thought I was losing my mind. How? How is this possible? I, I was, I was normal. I, and then one day, I, I just stopped. I wanted to tell you so badly, but I couldn't. You know what they do to me? I, I would have been a bit curiosity. I think he steals the scene in every scene he's in in this movie. Yeah, he pleads with her not to run because she knows, he knows that she's going to run because yeah. that's exactly what happened to him. He gets it now, you know. He understands why she didn't show up um, because she's she's ageless. Like, she doesn't age. And so he pleads with her not to run and live her life with Ellis and asks, asks her point blank, do you love Ellis? And she says yes. Um, but she runs back to the house, packs up her things, writes Ellis a note, while he's in the shower, and he take and she takes off. Okay, that that whole thing's BS. Why? Because like Harrison Ford has a vehicle, he has an automobile, an automobile, and she darts into the forest, and he gets in the automobile. Oh, I know. To get back to the house, how does she get there before him? Has time to write a note and leave in another vehicle? Like he gets there just in time. Her superpowers are kicking. How? In. Yeah. How fast is this girl <laughs> running through the forest? Like, how yeah. long is your laneway, dude? Yeah. Also, like, she's never been in that forest before. So, like, how she does she know where, where she? How does she know where to go? Annoyed me a little bit. So then Ellis comes back, and this is just poor movie management, in my opinion. Ellis is in the shower. We finally see this guy shirtless. Yeah. Dude's ripped the heck up. He is. He looks great. He does. Where was that all movie? You know what? He's so good looking and he's such a good actor. He doesn't need to take off his shirt. If this was a Matthew McConaughey movie. Exactly. Th those abs would be. But that's what I'm saying. He didn't need to. <laughs> On display. I mean, I'm glad he did. So while she's driving, she's a change of heart and turns around. But she gets hit by a car. 
kind of happened out of nowhere. It did, yeah. Um, but while she was driving, it starts to snow just like it did, you know, 78 years before that when she turned ageless. Dun, dun, dun. The narrator starts. You can tell it's going to be scientific soon. Dude, I hate the narrator. Keep going, though. But she, it's reversed. She goes into hypothermic state because of the snow. Uh, she dies. Her heart basically stops. And she survives, though. Because an ambulance comes and defibrillates her. Yes. Which, as the narrator tells us, is exactly like that night. Seven when the years light, ago. When the lightning struck her wow. in the water. And when she wakes up, Ellis is there. And she wakes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She tells him. Well, first, my name is Jenny. What would you think in that moment if if somebody said, my name's actually not Jenny and I'm ageless and I'm 29? And like, what would you what would your reaction be when? Like, this woman just ran out on you. You'd really barely know her. She's come to your family's house. Your dad totally was, like, perplexed the entire weekend and totally, like, stunned. And then you tell, like, my name's actually not Jenny and I'm 29, but I'm really, like, a hundred and some. <laughs> like, that's a lot. I'd be like, I had sex with a really old lady. <laughs> like, that I don't, would be I don't know first. if I like that. <laughs> That's that's kind of weird. And then, yeah, and then from there, it would, back to the conversation before, I think I would be very inquisitive and interested until the inevitable, so wait, you knew my dad. Yeah, okay, yes, that's where I would be like, okay, you definitely knew my dad. That means you are Adeline Bowman. My dad named a yeah. comet after you. You were his great love. And that's when we're cutting things off. We're we're done Wow, at yeah. I mean, then again, it's Blake Lively. She's extremely attractive. <laughs> But probably cutting things off there, let's be real. And also, like, yeah, I, I banged uh, a woman who's, like, 100. That's, that, that would sit pretty weird with me. Yeah. But Fleming shows up and says, oh, yes, this is my, I'm, I'm her grandmother. And um, she is beyond pleased when Adeline tells her that, no, I told Ellis. And she she's knows. like, oh. And I just, in that moment, you can see the relief from Fleming. And I think it's, it's. A lot of reasons like, you know, she's opening herself up. She's telling people that she's, you know, ageless. She has somebody to, to talk to and be with once I'm gone. Like, she doesn't I think, need to live a lie. Yeah. Like, this she doesn't was need my to run. warning, actually, when Fleming really? starts to tear up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So cute. Not the freaking dog. Like the, the dog died. I <laughs> felt was really sad about it. And then, I mean, we get a we get a quick clip of William and his wife, and he's doing a toast at their anniversary. But after that, we jump ahead one year, mm-hmm. and it seems like maybe Fleming is living with Adeline and Ellis. Yes, it's New Year's Eve again, it so is. it is Adeline's birthday. birthday again, and she's with Ellis. Fleming is there. They're like, "Hey, do you want to come with us?" Fleming doesn't want to go out, but they're they're gearing up for a night on the town for Adeline's birthday. And we do get a moment when Blake Lively is walking past a mirror and she, whoa, she kind of goes back to the mirror. What's that? Right above my ear. She pulls out a gray hair. Adeline, you okay? Yes. Perfect. Also, she has blonde hair, so finding that gray hair just by walking by a mirror would not happen as quickly as it did. But anyway. I mean, she's had a hundred years to look at her face and it's never changed. I think she might notice a gray hair. Mm, perhaps. But more or less, 
she's now aging. And then the actual ending is my what should have been because then we have the narrator then explaining, you know, the comets come back. <gasps> yes, blah, blah. the comet finally comes just 87 years late. Yeah, exactly. It's your what should have been? I hate it. Oh, yeah. okay. So there shouldn't have been a comet. No, 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 no. I'll explain. Oh, okay. I can't wait. Let's jump into quick facts. To create a sense of authenticity for shots set in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, filmmakers used anamorphic lenses and limited the use of steady cams. Adeline's birthday on the fake ID she uses at the beginning of the movie is actually the same birthday as Blake Lively's, August 25th, with only one year difference. Adeline says 1986, and Blake Lively was born in 1987. Adeline Bowman was born on January 1, 1908, and is 107 years old in the modern day story. The poem, Jenny Kissed Me, is a poem by Lee Hunt. It's referenced by Ellis in the movie. Angela Lansbury was cast to play Fleming in 2010 when Katherine Heigl was attached to play the lead role. Katherine Heigl decided she wanted to spend more time with family and dropped out of the film. When casting was finalized again with Blake Lively in the lead role, Angela Lansbury was no longer attached to the movie and Ellen Burstyn had taken on the role to play Fleming. 2015, this was around that time that Katherine Heigl just stopped getting roles. Yeah. I find that kind of fascinating. Just throwing that out there. Okay. The narration in the film is voiced by actor Hugh Ross, who also provided voiceover work for movies like The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. When he's not acting, he also works as an editor with credits on New Girl, Fresh Off the Boat, and Those Who Can't. Harrison Ford's character has the surname Jones, the same last name as his iconic Indiana Jones character. Fleming, as a first name, is exclusively a boy's name originating from Denmark. Much of this movie was filmed in Vancouver, Canada. There's no such city as Ashton, Oregon. This is where Adeline is planning to move into her farmhouse. There are cities named Ashton in California, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Nebraska, South Dakota, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. They couldn't, they couldn't have picked one of them. <laughs> <laughs> the question has been asked whether Harrison Ford dubbed the voice of his character's younger self. Oh my God, that was impeccable. Totally. I was like... I believed it. The answer is no. Director Lee Toland Krager found Anthony Ingruber impressions of Harrison Ford on his YouTube channel and sent him an email asking him to try out for the movie. Anthony said he's been doing his Harrison Ford impressions since he was 15. It was amazing. He did such a good job. He did. The story about ships beneath San Francisco that Ellis tells Adeline is true. Hundreds of ships were abandoned by hopeful gold miners. One fellow set up a salvage company hauling some of them ashore and leaving some afloat to be used as storage units, boarding houses, and even a jail and a church. The city needed to expand its acreage so that they could expand the harbor, so they sold water lots. People would take an abandoned boat, scuttle it, and then claim the lot. To keep it, they had to fill in the water by dumping rock, sand, and dirt. As it settled, much of it served to support the ships, and many of the hulls were preserved largely intact. Decades later, as underground utilities were being installed, the ships were discovered. So far, they have found some 500 of them. Much of downtown San Francisco was built on top of them. Wow. J. Mills Goodlow's original screenplay featured New York as the setting for the film, but the author later changed the location to San Francisco because he thought it had more appropriate ambiance for the movie. A fragment of a song by American recorder artist Lana Del Rey appears in the trailer for the movie. The track did not appear in the film or on the soundtrack, and it is still unreleased. Hmm. Fascinating. 
two well-known Marilyn Monroe movies inspired the period color tone and saturation. These movies were Gentlemen Prefer Blondes from 1953 and How to Marry a Millionaire, also from 1953. J. Mills Goodlow wrote the first version of the script in 2003 after being inspired by the title character in Amélie from 2001. The screenplay then underwent many substantial changes in 2009. On to honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. What's your honorable mention? Well, is it bad if I say Harrison Ford? So I had actually written down Harrison Ford, but I also assumed that you were just going to say him. So. Oh, okay. So you did as well? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, he's stellar. I love him. I love him in every movie he does, though. He's such a good actor. I find there are some roles that he's like, I don't know. I get a vibe that he's not totally in it. Like he doesn't really <laughs> care. But then also, maybe that's just his character coming across on screen. Maybe. He, like, he, what What are you thinking? Like, I'm thinking of Morning Glory. Oh. Maybe it's because his character is like, nah, I don't really care about this. Yeah. And there are times that I'm like, does Harrison Ford not care about the performance? Or is his character just so good at yeah. not caring about things? That's what I was going to say. That I think he, I can't say enough about Harrison Ford in this movie. What should have been? I don't have a what should have been. I really liked this movie. We should not have had a damn narrator explaining every everything. Like, the only thing yeah. that really needed to be narrated to me was the original, like, hold up, h- how did she get her powers? That story, I explain that to me, please. But when she gets into the second car crash, yeah. I'm like, dude, I get it. <laughs> She's freezing. She's going into hypothermia, and an ambulance comes along. They hit her with the defibrillator. We don't need some, like, voice of God. And then the lightning or the electricity. Like, dude, the movie's not even two hours. I remember when it happened at the beginning of the movie. I understand it's the same thing. Yeah, but some people won't get it. No, uh-huh, you can understand. You can put two and two together. It's the the snow, the way they shot the snow coming down, <laughs> top view. And then the effing narrator comes along right <laughs> yeah. at the end again. Hugh Ross. Yeah, and he's like, hey, that's a gray hair. Like, yeah, dude, we saw her pluck it. And then he's like, and then the comet. The instant Adeline's heart was struck by the defibrillator paddles. The telomere structures in her genes regained their pliability, causing her to resume the natural course of aging. William was right after all. The comet de la C 1981 finally did return. A half century late. It's coming back? Like, I get the analogy, bro. She's the comet. The comet's named after her. But I think it adds to to it trying to be like a timeless, like a to- like a period movie. You know how they should have ended it? Tell us. Instead of having the stupid narrator being like, and then, and then there's the there's the comet. We should have just had Harrison Ford <laughs> alone out on his property with a telescope looking at <gasps> oh, the comet. Oh, that would have been really good. And then he pulls his eyes away from the telescope and he's looking up into the sky and he gets teary-eyed. Wow. And then we understand. That's Della. Is that not a better way to end the movie? It is, but I think people needed to know that how she went back to being a being or how she went back to aging. No, I would have gotten it. Yeah, you would have gotten they, it. She's Not freezing again would've. and then she got electrocuted again. They, come on, guys. We can oh, put all this God. together. And then and then we see a gray hair and then we cut to Harrison Ford looking through the telescope and the comet's back. Okay. I'm you know what? I'm angry about the narrator here. This is something yeah, that's really sitting deep like, with me. Yeah, I was going to say it sits real deep with you. Yeah. Rewatchability. Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. 
Chemistry 4.75, Storyline 5, Thirst Factor 5, Imagination 4.5, Soundtrack 3.5, Cheese 3.75 for an overall score of 4.42 out of 5. What? Shut Shut Is up, that too low? Sarah. That's way high. No, it's not. 4.42? No, nope, I loved it. That's one of the highest we've ever rated. Uh, no, it's not. But yeah, I it love it. I loved this movie. So I had Chemistry 3.5. Okay. Storyline 4. Thirst Factor 4.5. Imagination 4.8. Soundtrack 4. Cheese 4. Wow. For an overall score of 4.13 out of 5. Okay. Which is high. It's not a... That's like as high as I'll go, though. Oh, is it? I'm even thinking of dropping some of these numbers no, down. No, no, So let's wrap things up before I get there. <laughs> Looking at you soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, my soundtrack was lower than yours. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know why. Anyway, this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of The Age of Adeline. If you want to reach out on Instagram or TikTok, you can do that at Rom-Com Rewind. You know, if you have some thoughts on what you've heard today or want to suggest some movies we love adding things to our list and we also just love hearing your opinions it's so much fun when we get to to interact with you as well um if you're listening on spotify make sure you follow subscribe on apple podcasts thanks for listening